Hi, my name is Dominique, and together with my team, we produce the content for our weekly Swisspreneur episodes. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm the perfect example that you don't need to study, for example, to become a journalist or to become an actress or to fund your own company. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Yeah, very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. It's very great to be here. <laughs> you are the co-founder at Seam, and it's an agency that refers the generation set to companies and also help them on a project basis. But at the same time, you're also well known as an actress in Switzerland. So I would like to focus on the actress part first. How do you actually decided to become an actress with just 14 years old in 2014? So it wasn't really a decision to become an actress. You know, I always wanted to be an actor. It was my childhood dream forever. Mm -hmm. And then I saw a casting audition online and just went there for fun after school and surprisingly got the role. And then it somehow started because the Swiss acting industry is very small. So once you're in, you're in somehow. And then, you know, many people and you see each other again on sets. Yeah, that's how it started. And uh, did you tell your parents that you wanted to go to that audition? Yes, I did. And my mom also um, said my brother should go with me so I wouldn't go alone. And it was in Zurich. And I I'm coming from uh, Fitz now. That's like a small village in Lucerne. And then we went to the big city, Zurich. I was super nervous. And my brother didn't got the role, but I did. And yeah, <laughs> my parents were proud, I think. Yeah, they thought it was cool. Awesome. And, you know, something just doesn't happen like that. So you had the casting, but then what happened afterwards? I mean, you don't just do one casting and then you become a well-known actress, right? What happened after the successful casting and that you actually got the role? What happened then? So I was still at school and I wanted to, I, uh, right after I did the, I did the movie, I didn't want to finish my school. I wanted to quit and start acting uh, full time. But obviously my parents didn't allow me to do that. So I went back to school and I finished my Matura when I was 17, I think. And then I didn't go to an acting school, even though I somehow thought about doing it. Mm -hmm. But I, I thought I could act like besides what I did, what I did for work or besides right. another career. Cool. So acting was always just like what I did besides everything else. So it was a constant sort of, uh, you know, there along your way, basically. Yes, yes, exactly. It was the first job I ever did when I, when I was 14. And also the money I earned back then, I always knew I wanted to reinvest in, in a company or in acting. It was always something I wanted to invest in my career. So that was already clear for you from the beginning yes, that you so wanted to I, make the money and then invest in exactly. something else. Okay. So I didn't spend a, a, a single franc of those of the money I earned in my whole acting. And actually, that's part of the money I invested in founding the company I have now. So <laughs> that's impressive. But why did you? What made you so sure about that you actually wanted to invest that in a company and not 
just, you know, living the actress lifestyle. And <laughs> I don't know how you describe that. So I, I know I, I always worked. So I had always enough money to go on vacations and to start, live my lifestyle. And I also always knew that I wanted to become self-employed or own my, have, have my own company one day. And that's, that's why I think. <laughs> Was there a specific reason why you actually wanted to be self-employed or having your own company? The thought of, of being your own boss and have the freedom of doing your, doing things that you love and get, investing all your time and energy in something that you build up or I build up. And that's like a, a wish I had or and, and was that something that you didn't have with the actress career or, you know, because many other people would say, I want to become an actress and that's my dream life. But for you, this seems to be a means to an end where you said, this is one part I do that besides my job. And then my end goal is to have my own company. So was that something that was missing in the actress career specifically? Yes, somehow. So I always had many ideas and I always did many things um, besides job, uh, like parallel. Yeah. I mean, I did many, I always did many things parallel and that was, and with acting, I, I always, I couldn't just be an actress. I think, I think that would be too, um, somehow boring, even though acting is the greatest thing, but only the acting itself, but all what comes around with it is not the, not the only thing I want to do. I always did many things, many things together. And that's also with acting and with, with, with starting a company and with, um, being a journalist and yeah, that's just how I, how, what I like to do. We talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> before we do, I would also like to talk about how you actually balanced your, your actress career with still going to school and also realizing to a certain degree that your path of being an actress is not like the normal way compared to, to your peers, probably. How did that make you feel? Did you notice any difference? Yes, I did. So I was a really shy kid when I went, when I did the movie, I was super shy and nervous all the time. And then when I was 14 and the movie came out, suddenly everyone somehow knew me and they, and I knew that what I did was different to what others do. Mm -hmm. And that really impressed me somehow or that showed me that this was the way I wanted to go for or the things I wanted to do. I wanted to do different things than others. And that was the beginning of it, I think. Uh, can you tell us a bit how that expressed itself? Like, did you see that people were suddenly recognizing you on the streets, for example? Or how did that show that you became more famous overnight, basically? Lucerne is like a really small, or small, it's not that small, but it's a, it's a city and everyone knows everyone. And mm. suddenly I gained more followers on Instagram, for example, and my all, my classmates asked me about the movie and wanted to know how it is to be in a movie and yeah people in my school mostly asked me about how it's acting and if I want to go to Zurich and what what were my plans and then I suddenly realized that that was impressive for others around me as well for other young people around me and were there also any negative sides that suddenly happened with that overnight success no, because it wasn't a huge, it wasn't a huge success when it wasn't that I suddenly was a well-known actress. It was just for my school, but also, but still, I mean, I was 15 and then 
I suddenly people were starting to talk rumors about me <laughs> and some of them weren't that nice, but it was just part of being young and like that, school, that high school experience, I think. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and then when you actually realized that, you know, acting is something that you also want to invest more time uh, into it. Was there any certain point or after this first movie that came out where you then said, okay, now it's really time to also still continue that path and not just look at it as a one-time thing. It's, it was the moment I realized that was on the movie set because mm. like the whole movie world and acting world is, is everyone who once was in it and everyone wants to get out of it again because it's just mad. It, it is somehow magic and all the people who work there are think the same, think the same way and mm. are creative and it's just a special environment there. So that's, I think, everyone who is inside once never wants to leave, really. So this magic sort of pulled you back. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but at the same time, you were still like, you know, finishing your matura at a at certain point in time. Uh, how do you balance that? Because, you know, being an actress can also be pretty time consuming, I can imagine. Yes. So that I did two movies when I was in, when I did my matura. And one of them was in my life like in summer before my last year. And I, so that was in, in holiday, in, in my spring holiday, summer holidays. Mm -hmm. And the first one was in school, but it was fine for me to catch up with all the stuff I missed. And af after the second movie I did, I didn't want to go back to school. So I had to write my matura, or, uh, my matura work mm -hmm. in summer. And I really didn't want to do it. And then I had to do it in the last week because I somehow pushed it out of out of the way till then, but I still decided so it's just one one more year I can do it and then I go do whatever I want. But you still managed to finish that uh, thesis and finish matura actually one year earlier than normal with seventeen years yes. old, right? And again, there this is this same rhythm I would say where you wanted to be different and also ahead of the others to a certain degree. Yes. Yes, because right after school, everyone did a gap year and went traveling or working. And I really did not want to do that, even though I didn't really know what I wanted to study. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want to lose my advantage of being young. So I signed up in a, um, in a, I didn't, communications, I think, at University of Zurich. Mm -hmm. And I, the one thing I really knew was I wanted to go to to live in Zurich because I knew that there would my career from there on my career would flow somehow. But I, that's what I really wanted to do. So I had to find a job to um, pay my pay my rent in Zurich, right. and that's the, then I found the internship at Ringe and worked there and did not work. I did not go to did not go studying right away. And everyone thought it was a gap year for me because I worked in the beginning, but I didn't see it as gap year. So what, what was it for you? Just the entry to the work life? I really liked it. Mm -hmm. And after my after six months of internship, I also got a job there and I stayed and I decided to not go to study because I, I it was just a great, great opportunity for me, I, I thought. And even though my parents wanted me to go to study, I didn't do that. I can uh, imagine that these were some pretty intense discussions that you probably had at home. Yes, and I had them for years. <laughs> so they didn't stop then because my parents always thought, oh, it's just a phase. She will go studying. She will do that. But then I always had to tell them, no, that's not the way I want 
That's not my path. What do you think? Why did your parents want you to basically go the classic way and say matura and then you go and study at the university? I think that's just because they cared for me and they wanted me to, they, they didn't, it's just, it's, it's the normal way. Everyone does it that way. And I don't have a first education now and they were worried about me if I don't have it. Um, I wouldn't get a job and they will have to pay for me when, till I'm 30 or whatever. And still, every time I'm, um, I succeed in something, they believe in me. Mm-hmm. And just, but just after I did it, not before, but I think that's just because they, they worry about me. So with them, they had a certain fear, you know, that you probably wouldn't make it or that they would have to support you financially, as you said before. How did you look at it? What was it for you, this decision going against the first level education? What was the, the choice that you made? For me, I, in the beginning, I, I said to me that I can always go studying. It's not something that, that stops now that I decided to, to work. Mm-hmm. And, but, and then at one point, I even went studying for like three months. <laughs> And just, just so I, for me, for myself, I knew, uh, for myself to see how studying is and that I could say I did it and I saw that it wasn't what I want to do. So I stopped then right after three months. So you basically tested it and learned, okay, that's not the right way for me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So let's also talk about your internship at Ringje. Uh, you wrote a guest column and later also launched your own podcast there. Can you tell us a bit more you know, about what you actually learned during this internship that also helped you then to eventually start your own company? My time at Dringe was very helpful to me for my, for my path. I learned a lot and they also gave me a lot of freedom to do my own, to create my own stuff. And mm-hmm. so for, as you said, I, I had a column there where I wrote about Gen Z and young people. And I also did a podcast about young people. And they always gave me the, this freedom. This, yeah. And I also learned some skill, skills like cutting videos, which helps me a lot still now, or cutting audios for podcasts. <laughs> and how do you actually earn that trust? Because usually, you know, if, if you do an internship, that just doesn't happen. They just don't just come and say, here, this is your new project, do whatever you like. Did you do anything specifically? Like, did you really push for it? Or how do you actually earn that trust to then be able to launch and actually realize your own project? So yes, I, I really pushed pushed my ideas and I always went, went to them myself and asked them if I could do it. And I think they are just very innovative when that's, perspective i covered a sub a subject they didn't cover it like those this young subject i was the youngest employee they have or maybe they ever had mm-hmm. and i think they also saw the potential in those young subjects and young thoughts inside a company and i think yeah and you were also very authentic i mean being a gen set member yourself uh, that's probably the best that you can do to then write a column about right yes right <laughs> And I was also, you know, a bit curious about, there were some stories that you told me when we did the preparation call, uh, where you sneaked into fashion shows, for example, didn't write about them. Can you also talk a bit about these, these parts? Yes. So, um, as, as I said, I always did many things besides, so I never just worked or, you know, I never just worked for Inge. I also worked 
at one time I worked 120% because I had a job at SRF as well mm-hmm. for where I was in the production of a um, YouTube, YouTube morning show. And I also went to fashion weeks in Paris where I sneaked in and um, because I pretended that I wanted to write about them and where I, there was crazy experiences I had there. And why did you want to go to the fashion shows? Just for personal interest or? Yes, I, yes, I think. I, that started in when I was in high school, uh, in, mat, uh, mat, in my matura still. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's also like a crazy magic world the fashion world and like the with with I there I started having interests in um, fashion and clothing and designing clothing as well absolutely so you seem to be attracted by these magic worlds first movies then fashion is that is there any particular reason why this is especially fascinating for you I don't know actually it's just that I think that that's fascinating for everyone probably but Maybe some don't really know they could achieve or they could do, they could be part of this magic world, so they don't try. And another point that I would also like to cover a bit is you mentioned that you do many things in parallel, like, you know, working at Rinje, at SRF at the same time, and also, you know, on the side, still being an actress every now and then. Um, how do you balance all these different areas and where do you actually lay a focus? Because in the startup world, many people say you need to have a laser focus and just do one thing particularly well. You seem to do the opposite, which isn't necessarily bad, of course, but just different. So I wonder how do you balance all these different initiatives? I think all these different um, things help each other. So they push each other because they are all creative. So I'm always creative in what I do. And I think I learn a lot in all those different different things I'm doing. And I can um, use this, those, this knowledge I gain in other areas then. Right. I think that's why, but I also I can also focus on just one thing at a time because, for example, acting I'm I'm just acting in some some maybe a month a year, so it's mm-hmm. not that I'm always away. But then when I act, I always act. I, I just when I act, I just act, and I don't do other things next to it. For example. So you you have this laser focus or full focus if it's necessary. Yes, exactly. So you're very flexible in that regard. <laughs> yeah. And I also wonder, you know, after the internship and do you continue to stay at Ringier, um, do you still have discussions with your parents about uh, going to university and study or did that stop at a certain point in time? No, no, it didn't. It didn't even stop after I, I dropped out of university because I don't know. They, I think they still, ha- they still have hope for me. <laughs> but, but again, they, they are still supportive after I, I'm doing after they see that what I'm doing is successful. They they believe in me, but they still hope hope that I will study one day. I think. But it will probably not happen. No, it, pro- it will probably not happen <laughs> because I think I you don't need to study to do certain things. I I mean, of course, you need to study to become a doctor right. or a lawyer. But I don't think you need or I'm the perfect example that you don't need to study, for example, to become a journalist or become an actress or to find your own company and I think that's why I, I don't see the set point in studying <laughs> then. Absolutely but then still you know you, you need to be good at what you do to a certain degree because otherwise 
you can do whatever you want, but you probably won't succeed. Is there any success tip that helped you to either discover your passion that, you know, okay, this is something you are really passionate about and you want to go and probably pursue harder than others. And also to develop the skill set that you actually need on the site, uh, except for doing that during the studies, for example. I think the most important thing for me was to believe in myself and to believe in impossible things. For uh, like acting is my 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 mom actually told me when I was a child. I told her that I wanted to become an actress one day, and she told me that's not possible. And and I think that was my num like that's a success tip for me. But that's a huge sort of resistance that you face. If you have a dream and you know where you want to go and then your environment tells you, no, it's not possible. Yes. That must be really frustrating to a certain degree. Or is that another mo motivation for you to actually do it exactly because of that? Yes. Yes, you should see, I, it's, you should see it as a, as a motivation, I think. Not, but of course, it's, it's, it could be hard to go against your environment and what they tell you or, or go against normal. But I think it pushes you as well. And how did you actually then find this self-esteem or develop it? Was there anything that you did or were you always like that in your head and said, I can do it no matter what? <laughs> it started right after I did my first, the first movie. Okay. And then I think it um, grew over, over time and with everything I did mm -hmm. and with all the different things as well. And it, it wasn't like what it is now back then. Right. So it's the little things that added up to, to build it and to develop it to yes. a certain degree. <laughs> Would you say that these are like, you need little challenges every now and then that you successfully master to really develop the self-esteem or what helped you to actually develop it and get better at it? Yes, I think it were the challenges or the the successes maybe even, even more or the the create creating or creating my own ideas and seeing them coming to life and seeing them coming successfully to life and I think that's what that's what grows the selfish scene. I can also imagine that many other generation sets, uh, you know, people basically uh, teenagers are in a in a similar uh, situation where they say hey, I don't want to go and study, but my parents really want to push me towards that way. Is there any tip that you would give them to convince their parents uh, that they have still, you know, a good discussion and a good relationship, but can still do and basically pursue their own path? I think they should just show them that it is their big dream and that they can do it if they, that if they really want it and convince their parents to believe in them. And... I think they should just, and then they should just try it and do it. But I think parents should still be supportive and tell us, uh, even if they want a different path for their child, I think right. they should always be supportive of what they want to do. Were there like little progresses that helped you to convince your parents, although the discussion is not over yet about going to university? <laughs> I mean, it is, it somehow is over. They, I think they realized that there is no, no hope for, for their for me, for in their eyes, um, I mean, right. they're still, I, I, they are still proud of what I do, and I think they like, they, they like to see my way, uh, my, my path, me going my path. But you mentioned that you know the successes after you reached a certain success, that then they were happy and proud. 
but you didn't get the support at least at the beginning before that actually happened and they still said okay let's go to university is there anything that would help you to you know get the support earlier on like little successes that you can show them or anything else they some sometimes they were supportive even before i was successful because they saw that it was it i was happy by doing it so after i, I actually after i did it i did do it they were supportive so not only after it was successful because it was i was it, it wasn't always a finished success so it was a success on the way i think so you know we talked about the magical world of movies and fashion and then you decided to go into a third magical world the world of unicorns and startups basically <laughs> yes it's a magical world as well <laughs> so what motivated you to start your own company scene I founded the company with my co-founder Joe Dietrich and we just started talking about the idea of 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 seam and um young how young people can help companies um and how young people can help companies and then I think we just started thinking about really founding the company and starting and then we just did <laughs> Did you see any like particular market chance or did you have any like you know specifically positive feedback that got you started with that idea and that that company eventually? Yes, so even before we really had a product, we started going on LinkedIn and testing out how our ideas um were on the were reacting on the business world. So we were we were going on LinkedIn to test out how our ideas react with the business world and there and we saw we, we got a huge um resonance and we saw that they that what we what we said really was a need in companies and for for people in the industries and then even before we had a product we knew that we we had we have to pursue doing something in this direction that's a a great way of testing and learning, I would yes. say. And then how do you actually pursue it from there? So you knew, okay, the feedback is good. Uh, there is a certain demand that you could actually uh, serve. How do you then develop, you know, a, a product and offering uh, around that and win the first clients? We started by building our products and we did some some tests with. We had some. We had many talk. Which we talked about theme and our idea all the time. I think that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And then we found out what really was the need and how we can help companies. And it's still it still is a, a learning, and we're still progressing and changing our offer all the time a little bit. But right. it's but it's still it's, it's it's after after our testing before before founding the company, mm -hmm. um, it's it still it still helps us a lot. So after that, we we had a pretty um concrete product <laughs> and what is it today your specific product or service that you offer so we help companies connect with gen z and we do that by um helping them with for example employer brandings or product development or communication strategies we help them by really activate the young generation for as employers or as customers and your setup is also, you mentioned Joe is your co-founder. Um, he's also your life partner. 
He is. <laughs> How is that a, a good setup? I mean, to a certain degree, you are both pulling in the same direction day and night, basically, which is fantastic for a company. But is that a setup that you would recommend or why is it a good setup for you? Yes, I would recommend it. I mean, everyone t tells me to tells tells everyone don't start with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. But for us, it's it's perfect because I know that I can um, trust him with what he, he does. And I never want to give away the responsibilities, but I know that I can trust him with everything. I know that he does it just the way I would do it. So. I think that's one really good thing. And also we think somehow we, th we have the same vision and the same ideas and we push forward in the same directions and also seem as such a huge part of our everyday lives. And I think by just being together all the time, we can al always think about new ideas and new visions and be creative all the time. And Absolutely. that's how we push seem forward. <laughs> Is there any specific role split that you agreed on or how do you actually split the different tasks at hand? We both do the same things, actually. <laughs> we don't really split. Yep. So that's an easy way. You are always yes. together then. Yes. <laughs> so also another point that I would like to tackle a bit is uh, when you actually started Seam, you did that part time. Uh, you were still also working for Ringi at that time. And then at a certain point, you had to decide, I think that was early uh, 2020, uh, whether you actually go full-time or not. Can you talk a bit more about how you actually made that decision and then said, okay, now's the right time to work full-time on my own company? We found it in the beginning of January in 2020. And I, I, in, by that time, I thought that we will, we will, um, I will quit my job like in some months because I, I knew that I wanted to go full in with Seam. But right after we started, we it was so much work and so much going on and happening that I decided right then to quit my job at Jingyi and do full-time Seam and give my full energy and time put into Seam. So it was basically because of the heavy workload where you said, okay, I need to fully focus on that as you did when you had an, an acting job basically, right? Yes. So heavy workload, but also just the, I, just the feeling that I needed to put all my energy and time I have into Seam and into building up this company. Right. And I didn't, I couldn't, I, I think it's also just fair for my, for Ringe that because I couldn't con concentrate and focus and push Ringe and my projects there forward when I had Seam on the other hand, right. they wanted to grow and build. So that's also a very transparent and honest way of handling things. Yes, it is. It is. But I also always believed in the success of Seam, even in the really in the beginning, or I knew that I can pay my bills with it or with right. acting or with being a journalist on the other on the other hand, so I didn't have existential existential fears. Yeah, so that's also good because you know, many people would fear such a step because of the the, the sort of personal finance downsides, but for you that wasn't a big risk. No, it wasn't. Also, I didn't have too many bit high costs. But also with the decision of going full time, I think at least one drawback uh, was there. You had to cancel one of your uh, vacations, right? <laughs> yes, that was actually the moment we decided to really go for a scene. It was in we wanted to go and travel to Brazil in all January. And we planned that, John and I planned that for like for some months, like we 
came up with the idea in autumn or and yeah in autumn and then we decided we, we asked ourselves do we really want to find find a company and go all, all in and if so we can go to brazil one month right. so and then we decided to do it <laughs> was that a difficult decision for you or was it not that that hard when we started thinking about it was it was somehow difficult because traveling one month it, it will would have been great as of course right. but after thinking about team and the, our ideas and realizing it through linkedin and everything it wasn't hard anymore it was it was clear actually the signs were clear Absolutely. the signs were clear yes <laughs> so you are now active since the yeah january 2020 um were there also any difficult moments or any tough challenges that you had to solve along the way so far? We have to solve challenges all the time, <laughs> I think, but not too difficult or too uh, impossible ones. So all we do is still, even the crisis was good, a good time for SEAM, I think, and to rethink what we do and rethink um, how we, what, what we stand for. And just out of curiosity, was there any moment when you look back at all the years and was there any time, a moment where you said, I wish I had gone to university? <laughs> I went to university. But for longer than just three months. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think so. So no regrets there. No regrets. No regrets. And, you know, now we are here um, in June uh, 2020, half a year is, is done. Where do you currently stand with SEAM? Um, what have you achieved over the past six months? So, <laughs> so our our to-do list is like, oh, I, we do, you don't see my hands, but it's like very long. Very yeah. long. <laughs> and um, we we have we have done some very interesting projects with with great companies, and we we um, have planned some very exciting events that we can hopefully do soon <laughs> and um yeah we are always progressing and evolving and doing can you talk a bit more about the events or is that still a secret no it's not a secret <laughs> so we will we we planned to do our events in may but the corona crisis cut our wings <laughs> We plan to do events for young people to, for their minds and careers. And we wanted to build an, an environment for young people where they feel um, comfortable and where they can connect. And we do that with events that are called Sea Talks. And it's, it's basically um, talks where young people or for young people, um, important people, uh, important speaker come and talk about their careers and and how how young people can can do similar ways or sim go similar paths and also the event entries just for um under 30s yeah. so it's really just an environment for young people young young chances <laughs> very nice yeah that's cool is there anything else that you have planned for the future? I'm sure you have many ideas and plans, um, but anything else you want to share today? You can expect to hear a lot more about Zoom. <laughs>
cool on all different media and all, channels and all different yeah yeah for, you can expect an interview on swiss printers right <laughs> no but also um yeah we have many many ideas in planning nice and in this summer we will really push forward to achieve them <laughs> awesome just uh, one last question regarding seam and also your earlier career it's, it's so crazy you have like three different careers already <laughs> yeah that's crazy you're just 20 years old and I was wondering in, in, in what way that your, uh, you know, actor's career also helped you uh, to launch Seam. Did you feel any, any benefit there where you, you know, people already knew you or any of that sort that helped you to get started? Yes, I think that was help. My acting career was helpful, but also for, for other things, for being a journalist and for writing there. And, and in that perspective also for Seam, mm -hmm. I think. But it's, it's and also for just for my self-esteem as we had earlier and right. everything like that, but not directly with to seem. I think it's impressive because to a certain degree, I know people say that this is a negative thing, but I think it's actually a very positive thing. You built a personal brand first with being an actress, uh, but then also through your column and also the podcast that you did at Ringe. So people, they've seen your face, they know your name. And I think then sort of building a company around that with the same topic even is actually a very smart move yes <laughs> i would say so as well I, yeah i think that plays plays with each other <laughs> but that wasn't like uh, any master plan behind it. it just sort of was a natural flow if i got that correctly yeah it was a natural flow but still a master like it wasn't a plan i never planned really <laughs> just things just came came in my way somehow <laughs> right Cool. Hey, that was a lot of fun talking about uh, all the different careers that you already built at such a young age. That's impressive. Before we conduct or conclude the episode, actually, uh, I have two more questions for you. Um, are there any favorite gadgets or tools that you use yourself on a regular basis? So, uh, of course, it's my phone and my, my laptop. The classic, <laughs> like, yeah. The classic gadgets. And also I have a gadget where I put my phone on stands to mm -hmm. film TikTok videos, for example, but also LinkedIn awesome. posts. And as tools, um, I can recommend Canva. We yes. use that often for presentations. And yeah, I think that's my favorite. That's a very good one. And are there any resources, you know, like books, blogs, newsletters, podcasts that you can recommend? I think for to to stay close to young 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 people i don't I, it's not exactly a resource but i think it's important to um be on be on social medias like tiktok and instagram and even if that sounds um like the resources should be more more informative but i think it's really important to stay close to young people so that's a re resource somehow i, I absolutely use. <laughs> cool Hey, Yael, thank you so much for your time and for the great stories. It was a pleasure thank talking you. to you and all the best for the future. Thanks. It was great. Before you go, just a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode was brought to you by SBB Startup. The Swiss Railways recently launched their own startup program. If you think that your company or your idea is a good fit to the Swiss Railways, get in touch with them at sbbstartup.com. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. Stay connected with the Swisspreneur community through our LinkedIn and Instagram profiles. 
Make sure to subscribe to our show on whatever podcast platform you're using. See you next week for a brand new episode of The Swisspreneur Show.